We have started off the uh, new week with uh, another spike in energy prices. West Texas Intermediate has joined Brent. It's back over $100. Gasoline's going up. Heating oil's going up. Natural gas making a little kind of a rest. But I, the volatility is just astounding. Barry Davis uh, has made a living for a long time moving this stuff around the country from where they find it to where it's needed as chairman and CEO of uh, InLink Midstream and joins us right now from his office in Dallas. Good to have you with us again. Thank you, David. It's great to be with you. So how do you pl- – do you have planning meetings? How do you plan and say, well, we think we think uh, uh, crude's probably going to be trading in negative territory here. And, by the way, we think it's now going to be back over – triple digits. I mean, how do you how do you build capacity for something like that? Yeah, for sure, David. You've brought up a topic that is uh, near and dear to my heart. We've always been big planners, and, and there was a time when we would plan for about three months out of the year and then execute the remainder, but today we never stop planning. I think ch- things are changing so quickly uh, that, you know, by the time we uh, really come out with a strategic plan, things have changed enough that we're uh, always uh, adapting. And uh, this is a great time, a very exciting time in our industry. You don't build a church big enough to hold just the crowd at, at Easter time, and you can't build capacity and pipelines to carry this kind of demand. It's not going to stay like this, is it? Well, just to remind uh, folks here that, I mean, what we do is that we are building the highway, if you will. We're building the tollway for energy products to move. And any way you can move them, we are moving them today. And uh, I would just say that there is a call on natural gas that we're seeing today that we haven't seen in many years. And I think uh, all you have to do is look at what the administration did just a couple of weeks ago in the uh, the, the European strategy where we will start to export more and more to be helpful there. And so uh, it's great to be well positioned, and Enlink is uh, in an incredibly good position to support the natural gas market that we see evolving in the future. And, and, you, and you see it continuing to grow or at least continue with this pace? Well, look, I mean, we're today globally about a 95 um billion cubic feet a day market in the natural gas market. And just the plans that were communicated a couple of weeks ago, we believe will add about six and a half billion cubic feet of demand to the market. So, I mean, that's almost 7% growth in the, in the um, natural gas demand over the next several years. And so uh, that, that, that's going to take a lot of work. That's going to take a lot of what we do. And so that's why I think we're extremely well positioned to do that. And, and one last thing on that. So there's no such thing as demand destruction. Get, do, do, doesn't price get to a point at some point where they say, well, I, you know, I'm just not going to pay that. I'm going to have to use an alternate source. Well, so we've mostly talked about natural gas here in this first minute or so of the conversation, and I would say on natural gas, we're we're a long way from you know any demand destruction that we see. And I even think so on the crude oil side, at $100 a barrel per oil, I think we will continue to see great demand. Uh, now, should we go significantly higher from there, we certainly run the risk of that and the impact that we could have on the economy. But uh, but hopefully we'll see things settle out and we'll stay in this range because this is a pretty good place to be from an industry standpoint. Well, you've got parallel paths. You've got your hands full with this, you know, handling all that, handling all that demand. But you're getting into a business that really intrigues me in this whole carbon capture business, because the more I read about it, it is evidently you can do well by doing good. 
you know, carbon capture, one thing is to suck it out of the air so that, you know, you don't get, um, you know, all of the negative aspects of, of global warming and that sort of thing. But there's actually a market for this stuff. How do you how do you go about capturing carbon out of the air? Yeah, so, so David, really, um, first of all, let me say this is born out of all of us trying to get better at what we do so that we can be a viable uh, energy for decades to come. I mean, there have been much talk about the energy transition and getting away from hydrocarbon energy. Um, all of us know that that's not going to happen for decades, and uh, I think it is becoming more and more clear to the world daily today that just how important our industry is. And so... We're doing everything we can to clean up the way that we uh, that we do our business and, and the impact that we have on the environment. So one of the biggest ways that that can be done is to take the CO2 emissions from industry, capture it at its source, and to sequester it into the ground, basically replacing where you know hydrocarbon uh, hydrocarbons may have been extracted previously. So. Um, in this country today, we have about a little over 5 billion metric tons a year uh, that is of CO2 that is emitted into the air. About half of that comes from industries. And, uh, and so what we're trying to do is take the more pure CO2 emissions from industry, capture it at its source, and then sequester it permanently underground. But there's a market for it. I, I my understanding is that, that this carbon can be used to produce plastics and bubbles and and, I, and also used to 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 loosen, you know, hydrocarbons crude that that's that's trapped, kind of like fracking does. Yeah. yeah. So CO2 has been used for a long time in what we would in, in EOR or enhanced oil recovery right. uh, systems, and so you basically inject it into the ground, create the pressure that pushes the oil up in a more mature basin. So that will continue. But look, that that is a small percentage, I think, of what will eventually become the CO2 uh, sequestration market. Most of it is simply going to be put back into the ground, you know, deep, miles under the ground, where it will have no impact on anything, but it will basically be sequestered there permanently. Um, and, and, and so, yes, there are uses. We are developing uses for it, but right now it's more about sequestration than it is usage. And, and compliance. So this is more for compliance because energy companies are going to be required to do something to, to mitigate the, the, the flows, right? Well, well, all of us have made a commitment to continue to reduce the CO2 that is emitted and associated with the, um, the product that we make. Um, and so are all industries. What you hear a lot of people talking about is net zero by 2050, and which basically means that we're going to have to take about 50 or about 40 percent of the CO2 that is emitted today in order to meet those goals will have to be captured and sequestered. That is the way it's going to happen. And so NLINK is extremely well positioned on that. And let me just tell you that the second largest emissions area in the United States is in the Gulf Coast of Louisiana along the Mississippi River Corridor. Uh, we have the largest pipeline network in that area and serve all of the customers in that area. So we have a natural relationship, a natural position uh, to be the carbon capture and sequestration uh, provider there. Uh, even more important, we have redundancy of pipe in that area where we have dual lines, and in some cases, three lines into any particular industry. 
and we can convert one of those into a CO2 transportation system. And so we're really taking advantage of that. We're seeing a great opportunity and we've formed a team, uh, put some people against it, and we're doing some great, making great progress today. Is there a simple way to explain how you do this? I know it's complicated, but uh, the technology intrigues me. So you're capturing the carbon at the source. So is it, but you can't see it, right? I mean, it's, is it diverted? Are there, there are filters? How do you do this? Well, yeah, so CO2 is, let, let's just take an ammonia plant, which is one of the most pure forms of CO2 emissions. Uh, and, and that's what you get off of the process of making ammonia. There is a CO2 that is um, a byproduct of that that has historically been emitted to the air. Uh, equipment exists today and has been used for, you know, 50 to 60 years uh, that can capture those CO2 emissions. And then simply what we're doing is simply putting them in a pipeline, taking them to an injection well that will be drilled in Louisiana. Uh, Louisiana, by the way, has the second greatest geological formations in the country, second only to Texas in terms of places that we can actually sequester that CO2. And so it's a very simple process, Dave. It's something that's been done forever. Uh, there's just been no economics to it. And so let me just tell you what's changed. Um, in 2008, the, the uh, IRS uh, instituted a tax credit called the 45Q tax credit that pays today an emitter $50 per ton for every ton of CO2 that is captured and sequestered. That has made it economic today for about 30 or 40% of the CO2 emissions that are, that are um, happening in the United States. And so uh, that's where we'll go first. We'll go to the ammonia plants that have the CO2 in pure form, and we will grab that. We'll get paid to do it. It's economic and a great opportunity for us to do something that's very value creative for us. Fascinating. And like I said, the technology work, I've been reading about this, and, and the Swiss have big fans that suck the stuff out of the air. Uh, it, it sounds like a great time to be in this business. Well, there are, there are going to be direct air capture uh, facilities that, that will be developed. There are some happening in the United States today. I think Oxy made a, an oh, announcement really? a couple of weeks ago uh, about that. And that's going to happen, but that's going to be very expensive to capture it yeah. from the air because the CO2 concentration is not high. And so you're capturing a lot of stuff to grab a little bit of CO2 that would then be brought into a system like ours. In fact, we think that that CO2 will end up in places like Louisiana to be injected into our pipeline. Uh, David, there's some crazy things happening right now where you're even talking about CO2 being captured uh, in Europe, brought, put onto ships, brought to the United States, put into our pipeline facility and sequestered. So that's how, I mean, that's how big this could be. Um, uh, there's a source that says that it could become as big as the natural gas or the crude oil business is today. Uh, the CO2 business could be. Fascinating business. Uh, and uh, right in the middle of it is Barry Davis, chairman and CEO of Inlink Midstream. We always appreciate the time and always learn something. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you, David. It's great right. to be with you again. Be well. For more of our conversation, go to KRLD.com slash CEO. I'm David Johnson, News Radio 1080 KRLD.